Welcome to the Scarleteers podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome back, Scarleteers, to the Scarleteers podcast. Woo! I'm Amanda. And I am Lindsay. And we are talking about season four, episode six. We're going to talk about the episode and we're kind of wrapping up the whole season as a whole. What we want to see for season five. So this one's going to be interesting. We have, yeah, this is a good one. We have lots of thoughts, so buckle in. Uh, um, We (laughs) have, we have Scarleteers, Francesca. Welcome, Francesca. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yay, welcome back. (laughs) Yeah, you're one of our favorites. You've been on the podcast and you have great insights in the group. So we love you. Oh, love you guys too. This is an awesome group. So I'm super excited to talk about it. Oh, thank you. So we're going to talk about episode six and wrapping up our thoughts and what we want to see in season five. So Lindsay, do you have a description for episode six? I do do because I'm fully prepared Um, I have have the description and I have a lot of notes Um, (laughs) so season four episode six is called the fugitive and the episode the little uh, episode description is Eliza is on the trail of a fugitive who is charged with murder she must find him before the police do or risk losing everything Mm. now like we've kind of said before about the episode description it's a little bit loose because I'm pretty sure he isn't charged. No. He's suspected yeah. of murder, but he's yeah. never charged. It's a bit vague, but once you've seen the episode, it, it kind of makes more sense why it's vague. Because mm-hmm. who who is who's suspected? So our fugitive is Mr. Patrick Nash, oh, which oh, I oh, think... Oh. <laughs> A few people in the group kind of put this one forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, who was, do you think the fugitive think is? Yeah, uh, guess when we did the season four guesses that it might be Nash. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I think Meg as well, who who we talked on the podcast before. So there was a few people who kind of were like, oh, I wonder if it'll be Nash. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think it would be. I thought, no, yeah. probably not. Um, so I was quite surprised that it was Nash. Yeah, well, I think like half of the group probably thought it was William as well. Yeah, that was, that we was my guess, that would be William. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I, it would have been an interesting direction too if it had been William, but I didn't think it was Nash. So I was as surprised as you, Lindsay. Mm. Yeah. I was, uh, I mean, in, in theory, it kind of could have been because I think we all had picked up on that line from um season three episode three where he talks about his brother getting murdered and I think again we we kind of picked up that that could come into play later on so I was quite I was quite surprised it was Nash but at the same time when it was a storyline about his brother I was like ah there you go we're with you for me it kind of came out of left field because to me Nash isn't doesn't seem like a vengeful person Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so to me that he was like Oh, I'm gonna seek vengeance. Was oh okay, <laughs> sure. So, yeah. I mean, I, he's obviously been stewing in it for a while. Yeah. I think they say it's been eight years yeah. since his brother died. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I was surprised myself how much I enjoyed this episode. I have to say. Yeah, it was. Good I didn't. One. Yeah, I didn't think I before I watched it. I was kind of like, oh, how's this gonna go? 
Um, obviously, we know William's in New York, so the likelihood was he wasn't going to be in this episode. And I was like, am I going to like a season finale that doesn't have our leading male in it? But mm. actually, I think he William's presence is felt a lot because of how Fitzroy and Phelps are. Um, so and I, and I really enjoyed their their characters throughout. So yeah, so shall we start at the beginning? Sure, I think that's yeah. a good place to start in my notes. Oh. I found the opening of this episode really surprising at the fact that they're running through somewhere they don't know. Obviously, they find out that it's a pigment factory where they've made clothing oh, and all right. that powder yeah. is is pigment for dyeing clothes they're kind of running around with a gunman shooting at them and in my head when I first watched the opener I was kind of like hmm, William's just been in a hospital having been shot you've seen Eliza the the outcomes of being shot I expect you to be a little bit more concerned more cautious yeah yeah, yeah I also not... kind of thought hmm, William would never put you in this position of being running around somewhere being shot at. He would hate it. Mm -hmm. Bless him. <laughs> well, it was a great opening with like the chase scene and they're yeah. like scurrying around. I guess Eliza Nash are going to scurry around. I guess that's going to be their kind of MO <laughs> scurrying. Um, no Scooby Doo run. Scooby Doo run. <laughs> um, but it was funny that, you know, they get behind the closed door. And Nash is like, I, I box for County Wixlow or used to box for County Wixlow. And then, you know, he does the boxing stance and Eliza arms herself with, I guess, scissors. I didn't quite see what she grabbed, but Nash was like, I thought you poisoned him. And he's like, well, he's kind of bigger than what I thought he was. And it was it was really funny at the back and forth between the two of them, you know, kind of picking at each other and fighting. I'm like, this is not the time. <laughs> to be to be you know fussing at each other but it was it was quite funny with nash trying to box in his little boxing stance and i did like when eliza when he says oh, i used to box for county wicklow and eliza's like is that a good standard because <laughs> when when we kind of because this came up in season three um and with moses and i think we all kind of at the time when he said about it we were like um is that a good standard so i found that quite amusing <laughs> Yeah, and then when are we gonna see Nash actually box? I mean, did he even try in season three? I'm trying to remember if he actually knocked a guy. Yeah, no. he got punched out, and then like Moses punched the guy. So I don't, I don't know if he was that good. He may have boxed, but <laughs> did he win anything? That's kind of the answer or question. Does Moses, I, I may I have, have to pass my mind back here, but does Moses say something like, are you going to come and help or something? I'm <laughs> sure there's some sort of a retort from Moses in, in that <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but I, the the opening was really funny and I re it was really good. It was a nice little throwback there, I think. Mm -hmm. But they they solved the case and it's a big, big case, I guess. And then we see that Eliza finally has an office full of men. Yay. Oh. I'm gutted though. I'm gutted at the fact we didn't see any of it. Mm -hmm. We didn't see like all her success right now is kind of off screen between episode five and six. And it would have been really nice to kind of see it. I don't know. Maybe that's me. Um, I'd, I'd love to have seen some of her success there. Yeah. Cause Nash says something about like, you've been working seven days a week for the past couple of months. 
And so, yeah, we're left wondering like, well, what's happened for the past couple months? Like, let's see Eliza working. Let's see her progressing. Let's see her learning. Let's, let's see her successes. Like what, well, what are the successes like? She's obviously done well for herself because Clarence says it's been like one of their most successful quarters. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Or will not see, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It just it seems like things are going really well for her, mm-hmm. which is really nice. And I think we do all want to kind of cheer on Eliza's successes. Yeah. And we wanted her to succeed at Nash and Sons. I don't think I think we all expected her to succeed eventually. We figured it'd be tough at first while she's learning. But I yeah. think we all thought she would succeed there. So it's nice to know that she does. It's nice to know that she's kind of managed to get this. And it sounds from her little speech to everybody that she is starting to learn how to be a good manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which she's never done before. Yeah. I agree. I felt like this was similar to that feeling in season three. I think this was the uh, there, right? The episode five when, you know, we see her almost making it, right? Like she's yeah. so close. But it's like, so when she gets so close to success, what is it? What is it about like some external factor and, and all those forces bringing it sort of down in some ways? You know, I'm, I'm curious about what the underlying meaning to that. So. Can she never succeed? Oh. Is that the point? Yeah. You know, yeah. she's got to keep working away. <laughs> There's no shortcut to success. Well, I don't know if it's can she never succeed? I don't think she has a firm definition of what success is. Or maybe she thinks, okay, this is this is success, but then she reaches it and she goes, well, it's not what I thought, so I have to do more or get more or do better, and you know the the finish line always changes for her, and it it's going to be ever changing, and it's mm-hmm. it's never going to be enough. I mean, I yeah. feel like she's happy. I feel like when she's yeah. you know, I don't feel like she's miserable working there. I feel feel like she's happy in the success that she's found at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, she seems content and proud. I mean, tired, but proud of the work she's done with the men that they've hired. Mm. I feel like the purpose might be for, you know, the dramatic twist of like, she's gotten so close, but then of course, you know, there's there's always some sort of, you know, something hiding in the background. Um, but I feel like, I think it's worth it to say that it's okay to see her succeed and let it be like the story of an episode. Like, I think we there's a lot that can really be drawn from that. I think you can still bring in challenges and still succeed. So I just, I hope that in the future, you know, that's something that we do get to. Yeah, because we've seen a lot of Eliza's, I wouldn't say necessarily failures, but She's had a lot of cases where like season two, she did a lot of cases where she didn't get paid or paid a lot or, you know, whatever. And so that's not like an outright failure, but that's a failure to succeed in the business sense. And so it's nice to see now it's succeeding, even though it's under the, the headline of Nash's Sides. Her business is succeeding and she's succeeding as a businesswoman. And so it is nice to see this Eliza as a successful businesswoman in a successful business. Yeah. Maybe we Yeah, I suppose for the last three cases, she's actually been paid for them, which (laughs) is impressive. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's probably a record for her. 
<laughs> uh, we need to keep a tally. <laughs> Big well, whiteboard. And- I think it's season three that she doesn't actually. I don't think she earns any money for any of the cases in season that's three. That's season three. Okay, not. Yeah, that's three. why she was looking for a loan. Remember? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she needed money. Yes. Because because. She had the Basil probably didn't pay her in the first episode. She wasn't yeah. earning any ma- money investigating Arabella. She no. didn't um, earn her money when she went to France. No, she may have earned some money when for the the mafia guys in episode four. Didn't earn her money for the air, and mm. there certainly wasn't any money on offer in um, episode six with the bomb plot. So, yeah, I think this is quite a record for her. Yes, it's nice. Three cases in a row. Go, Eliza. <laughs> we talk about the fact that, you know, she's already pretty, pretty I would say this was a big uh, win for her. And I'm thinking, well, she has enough to get a ticket to New York then. So why not take <laughs> money and, you know, buy a she, ticket to New York? Wins, I'm just saying. She wins, just big, she wins big at the horse races. So that's, that's too. funny, too. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. Maybe it wasn't even a key, key Francesca. And she got money. Yeah, maybe that's the key. She's going to be good at the horses. There you go. That's going to pay for a ticket to New York. It's not expensive, all right? I'm going to look it up later. Okay. Ticket to New York in 1884. It's not that Google. <laughs> I mean, it's only an eight-day boat trip from Liverpool. It can't fine. be that expensive. But but it would mean a lot for William. So I'm just saying, you know, that would be great. You can't put a price on love. (laughs) And and speaking of William, uh, obviously we we kind of see Phelps and Fitzroy. They're like a little pair of gossiping schoolgirls. I just was giggling (laughs) the whole time when they're kind of chatting. And, you know, Phelps is kind of like just, oh, I don't know who's taking over from Duke. And it's been two months and I'm kind of sitting there going, so how long has William been gone? Because it sounded like from, you know, Eliza's conversation with Clarence and Nash that maybe he's been gone a quarter because it's their most successful quarter. Or, but then they say, oh, he's been gone for two months. So it seems interesting that Scotland Yard uh, haven't replaced him. So it kind of makes me feel like maybe he was quite important. And I found it really interesting when they say Hudson doesn't want to take the role because I thought William was being promoted to the role that Hudson got instead of him. So surely Hudson wouldn't want William's role because it would be a step down. No? That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Am I thinking about this too logically? Am I taking this too far (laughs) now? Well, you mentioned the uh, the term the poison chalice, right? So you were really intrigued by that line of like, why is this job so hard to fill? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it seems like it was not only a really hard job, but there's a lot underneath. I mean, that role would, would take a lot of, there's just like the, the government politics, right? I mean, you just have to deal with a lot of stuff as an inspector. So, yeah. And I think I maybe mean, I his thought... role as well, you know, yeah. specifically. I mean, it's interesting because I thought there would be a role above him of like chief inspector and that's what he's going for. But the way he talks with the super and he talks with the Commissioner Fitzroy, I'm kind of like, I'm not really sure what William's role is these days. So it was really interesting when, you you know, Fitzroy and his dad are sitting in a pub, which is hilarious because I kind of I wrote down, is Daddy Fitzroy 
a male Mrs. Parker. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just kind of got this vibe of, oh God, could you imagine if Mrs. Parker and Rupert were sitting down in a bar like this? Daddy Parker and Mrs. She'd have a heart attack. It really tickled me. Um, so just kind of like I just got that kind of vibe that just really made me laugh, and I just found it really interesting. And it was it's so sweet because you just see Fitzroy, um, Oliver Fitzroy, being so he so wants his dad's kind of respect, and you can see when when his dad's kind of offering him the idea of this job even though I'm sure he doesn't want it like I'm sure he's probably thinking in the back of his mind I'm not ready for this but I want to make my dad proud and you can relate to that yeah yeah absolutely like that's the first I feel like he's always been probably trying to seek that right like throughout the years and it's you know it's a very complicated relationship right between Fitzroy and his father and that's his, it's like, this is his opportunity to like have a corrective experience, but he, and he's thinking, well, maybe this is the chance to finally have him proud of me. Yeah. Sad. I have to say, it's really sad. You know, he deserves more. That's right. Yeah. I don't get the vibe though, that obviously they've had to change the actor who plays Fitzroy's dad. Um, I don't get the vibe though, that he'd be the one beating him up though. That was my only thing. I was like, he doesn't look like he's going to start <laughs> beating up Fitzroy. Fragile. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but I was kind of grateful because, uh, you know, I don't like the idea of Fitzroy being beaten up by his dad. No, um, but that's just me. Um, Socially beating him up. Yes. Yeah. Um, Oliver, he gets the he hears the idea of, oh, you know, nobody wants to fill this, so I'm just gonna put you in it, and he's like, oh, oh me, and you know, he kind of goes. Yeah, he has that look of, oh, I'm not ready, but, you know, I'll do my best to make you proud. And thank you, Father. Thank you, sir. And, you know, I'll do my best. And you see that through a whole case where he's trying to live up to his father and do the best he can and just do his best and make his dad proud because he wants that respect and, you know, that final thank you and you're good. And I, I see the value in you, son. You're a good copper. And Kind of like what William echoed in the last episode where William says, you know, you're a good copper. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Fitzroy, Oliver, wants to hear that from his dad. And he's trying to get that from his dad in this case. So, yeah, Yeah, it's kind of sad that he's not heard it, but he's trying his best. And he's acting so, like, calm, you know, he doesn't, like, get nervous. And he's acting very calm and grown up. And But you can tell, like, behind his eyes that he wants to go, like, be skittish and go oh oh, 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 oh. okay daddy (laughs) you know kind of it's nice but sweet but sad but nice and you know our baby's growing up yeah and I think that kind of sets up our two like episode parallels for this episode where you've got kind of nationalizer side of it and then you've got Fitzroy and and Phelps and there are kind of two two central storylines that are running parallel in this episode Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to say, like, this episode, you know, is just as much about Fitzroy's growth. And it's, and it's, and it's part of his story. I know that yeah. we're, we're really taking on the direction of, of Eliza investigating, but I, lo- I loved it. Like, I love that Fitzroy had this opportunity to be in that, you know, semi spotlight. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, his character has had so much growth 
Oh, and yeah. I, love, I love to see that, you know, he is so deserving, his character is so deserving of that, because if you think about it, from season two, mm-hmm. you know, little Fitzroy, who we saw in episode one, season two, he's just grown. He's so broken into doors and got his, his know. you know, yeah. his, his poet hair and doesn't know, you know, one end of the gun from the other end. And now <laughs> look at him, he's, he's running the show. Yeah. Yeah. You remember when he said in season two, like he was always, he was a little anxious and worried about like William going somewhere and not being his, his mentor and his boss. I just think, um, I wonder how he's feeling right now, because I know that they can't show everything, but I wish that they may have um, maybe shown a little bit of, a, I guess, his thinking of how, you know, his mentor's gone. How was he going to cope? Right. Because William yeah. was so much of his life, you know, his professional life and personal as well I think they became really good friends too mm-hmm. so. yeah and I think yeah. they probably could have tucked that into episode five even just like Fitzroy because I imagine obviously William and Eliza are writing each other letters and William's writing to Ivy I imagine that he's sending the occasional a letter to Fitzroy as well so it would have been kind of like quite nice maybe to have a little comment in there from from Fitzroy going, oh, have you heard from Inspector Wellington? He's told me X, Y, and Z. It would be another way to, for them to have maybe included William a little bit more and maybe encourage Eliza to write to him in episode five. Yeah. You know Fitzroy's sending a letter every week. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that it's more uh, Oliver sending letters. <laughs> yeah. <to> William. Yeah. <laughs> every three days, he's yes. sending a letter. One yeah, William's just begrudgingly writing a few lines to him. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it short and sweet. Short, sweet, and to the point. Unless it's to Eliza, in which case you're getting a six-page essay. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Oliver. Well, we digress. We digress. Yeah. Um, So so Nash is Nash is our fugitive, and um, you know he's. I find it quite sweet. Obviously, Fitzroy when he's kind of telling Eliza. It kind of echoed back to when he comes to tell her about William getting shot, but it's obviously a slightly different phrase on that because he says, oh, can I come in? This is really important. And and I love the fact that, you know, he's very he's very matter of fact and he can talk to her in, in so calmly and it's such a different kind of way. It's still important news that he's giving, but it's just a real different way of doing it. Yeah, and he calls her Miss Scarlet. You know, he doesn't say Eliza. It's it's very formal. And he, you know, has his hat in his hands and you see the constable behind him and it's very somber. And yeah, it's a different tone, but it's it's got that same feel of I'm mm-hmm. I'm approaching you as a an equal and here's a very big piece of life changing news. Yeah. Yeah. And he brings her to the crime scene. And I I do laugh at Phelps. I've got to say, for a lot of the time, I know he's a little bit of an ass in this episode. Mm. But I do laugh at some of Phelps's one-liners because they are brilliant. Oh, they're great. They're great. He has some great one-liners in this scene. Oh, I'm so glad that you came here, Miss Scarlet. What would we do without <laughs> you? Yes. Well, you know, Scotland Yard's in a bit of a mess. Yeah, well, I mean, he proves them wrong every single time. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I kind of agree with Phelps in this. I mean, not the they wouldn't know what killed the man, but Phelps does have an honest concern about involving Eliza. It is her business partner and somebody who she's very close with. 
you know, she shouldn't be involved in solving the case. But as always, Eliza doesn't listen, right? Yes. He does have 10 years experience as a police officer, to be fair to him. Yeah. I mean, I agree that she shouldn't be at the crime scene, but it wouldn't be our show without Eliza not listening. <laughs> she doesn't have any rules she, in her life. You know, there are no rules. There are no boundaries. No, yeah. the rules don't apply to Eliza. What are you thinking? But I think that's one of the things I like about this episode is that she's just on her own, making her own choices, her own decisions. Mm -hmm. And she's just doing it all for herself. And mm. I think she's lost her way a little bit in previous episodes. So I, I just felt like this episode, we, we got our Eliza back. Who's She's confident and she's, she's going to sort this out, even though she maybe should. Yeah. Yeah. She's got the old True. Eliza, you know, glint in her eye. Clarence, once again, is the star of the office coming in Yay. with the gossip. I love Clarence. Gossip, but we all do. Clarence is the best. Eliza goes to him and, you know, says, I know you have the details. Give me the details. <laughs> he goes, no, I don't. I can't betray Mr. Nash's confidence and. Eliza goes, no, 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 I'm your boss as well. You know everything. This is to help Patrick. And uh, Paul Baisley's face is just <laughs> precious when he does those Clarence faces. But anyway, so Clarence has all of the details to help Eliza start on her investigation. I just love the fact that it's, I may have paid a cab driver. <laughs> And I may have an address. <laughs> Just like, of course, he, I mean, he's more of a detective than an accountant. Yes, he fits right in with Eliza's he crew. Does does he's so good? But he's got such a good heart, and he's so loyal. And you can see just how torn he is. But at the same time, he's like, oh, I've got, I've got to do it. Yeah, it's to help Mr. Nash. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Eliza yeah, goes off. And of course, we kind of flip between you know, Eliza's storyline and, and Fitzroy's because you've got Fitzroy getting annoyed at, at Mr. Potts in the next scene. And it's not like Fitzroy to lose his temper. And you can see that he's not quite got his sure footing. And I know a few people have kind of mentioned, they're like, oh, I don't really like Fitzroy very much at the beginning of this episode. And I just see he is trying to emulate Duke in the same way he's trying to live up to him. You can see that he's trying to assert that dukeness and you're like you, you can't do it babe because you just you're just fitzy and i just need you to be fitzy yeah but it's so sweet watching him try yeah it doesn't help that phelps is pushing him and like yeah. digging under skin just a bit and yeah uh fitzroy doesn't really get mad but you know if you got somebody like pinching you on the side you're gonna like say knock it off and kind of you know turn to the next person to you and get mad at them even if it's not their fault but i well, at least yeah yeah i like how he stands up yeah he's trying to be william but he's also trying to be the grown-up he wants to be it doesn't quite work but i appreciate him trying mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we see fitzroy's edge like he he's gotten to the point he's emotionally I mean, this is this is a professional challenge that's been presented to him, but he's like emotionally at the edge because it's something that he he wants to prove something to his father, right? 
And he's also dealing with the feeling that, I mean, like Lindsay's saying, he's emulating Duke because he's probably dealing with the feelings of like his mentor isn't here. So what I'm seeing in this episode, but like also in the season is that this might be the season where we see characters push to their edge. Like mm-hmm. we saw William just completely, I mean, the, the whole system's in disarray and he is really at the edge, right? And with Fitzroy, you know, we see this little, this, you know, not, I don't want to say dark side, but, you know, there, there's just like this shift, right? Yeah. And then, of mm-hmm. course, you know, we see Nash. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that, but mm-hmm. he's pushed to the edge as well. So I don't know if that that's some sort of theme, you know, with this season, but I'm, I got that. And I yeah. think it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that is a theme through the whole season. Just how far people can be pushed, and what are the consequences of these actions? And yeah. I did feel and sorry for Mr. Out. Potts. Yeah, yeah. I felt sorry for yeah. Mr. Potts in that scene because we're used to him kind of being the one person in charge at the mortuary, and he's following all the rules. And even he's coming a little bit undone. Bless him. Yeah, he seems a bit frazzled, yeah. and that's not a adjective that should be associated with Mr. Potts. Yeah, no. And again, he wants that he's he's for whatever reason doesn't seem to kind of. I think the way Fitzroy talks to him, and when he says, "You know, I I don't want your opinion. You're just a clerk." You're like, "Ooh, that's a bit close to the bone." Mm-hmm. For, yeah, for that Mr. was surprising. Potts, yeah. I guess I didn't know Mr. Potts was just a clerk. I thought maybe he, I thought maybe there was a higher position, you know. Yeah, I didn't think he was necessarily like the head, you know, more. Yeah, yeah. so but, he's not like he's not the medical examiner. So he, <laughs> that's why they said he doesn't have like a medical background. He's there probably um, conducting reports, right? Like maybe he's like you know writing down information and he's like processing it. But yeah, it's interesting that. How come we never we never see like the medical examiner in that yeah. way? <laughs> but it's yeah. probably one of those things that when you're around something so long, you pick things up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. probably his opinion does matter. Yeah. So it's surprising to see Fitzroy in that position where he's kind of saying things like that. Yeah. It shows you how how much he yeah is unsettled and doesn't know what to do and he can't quite find his footing and so he's just I would say lashing out, but yeah, kind of lashing out at people. So so Eliza finds herself at Margaret Farrell's place. And I I sit there and genuinely I was like, oh my God, we finally got a bad guy that I'm actually genuinely scared of. And you can see Eliza's in that look where he's talking to her and going, hello, darling. And it's like, okay, Eliza, ding, 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 ding. Run mm-hmm. and find the nearest exit. Alarm bells are going off here. I yeah. loved him. I was like, this is a bad guy I want. Yeah, you see it in her face. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, even she registers. She goes, oh, maybe I should leave. You know, <laughs> Sean with the bad teeth is not a good guy. So mm-hmm. let me, uh, just let me know, you know, let Margaret know I stopped by and I'll, I'll see you later. She backs out slowly. This this kind of again, of I think a lot of this episode has me kind of reminiscing about other episodes, make me want to go back. But this mm-hmm. this is just Gam from Cell 99, the big tall guy who's gonna come. Yes. You know, William's gonna beat him up, but if but Eliza's telling him to run. Um, I was just like, Oh, you are scary, you're sending a chill down my spine. 
Lindsay, was he scarier than the big guy in Cell 99? You know? <laughs> I think the big guy in Cell 99 probably just had the fear factor because he doesn't say anything. And yeah. you've got that eerie music <laughs> over the top and you've got William kind of like trying to square up to him in a, not sure I'm going to win this one, but I'm, you know, I'm a proud man. I'm going to stand up to myself. And <laughs> Whereas this guy, I'm like, alive one wrong foot your neck's going mm -hmm. no back out and back out quick yeah so maybe that was it maybe because she was hit there by herself and maybe if William had been there I wouldn't have been quite so afraid yeah that's true yeah yeah like you were you were feeling like you're in her position and it's like mm. oh she has no you know support no there yeah. yeah nope no backup no backup yeah um, I loved Eliza's visit to the morgue with Mr. Potts. Yep. You know, she was like, oh, I'm meeting uh, Detective Fitzroy um, and he wants to meet me inside. And Mr. Potts is like, mm, I don't buy it, but just wait on the doorstep and you guys can come in. Then, you know, the next scene you see Mr. Potts standing there kind of like trying to take a deep breath. And then Eliza just sneaks up behind him. She's like, she just appears like, hi. I think that even like startled me. I was like, oh, <laughs> that, that might be a new, you know, boundary she crossed. I'm like, oh, you don't sneak up on Barnabas. He has a dodgy heart. I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, we all know this. Don't scare the man. Don't make my widow before they're even married. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill him. How, how did she get? Do you think she still has a key? Oh, maybe. Uh, or maybe, true. maybe the door was so, When did she get the key? When was that? Well, well, she had the key in season two, episode mm -hmm. three. She said she had a copy. That's right. I'm she assuming copy. that either <laughs> William would have made her give it back or Barnabas would have had the common sense to change the locks. But doesn't she... Actually, I think she still manages to walk in in season three, episode one, because her and Moses go examining so she's obviously got some way of getting into the into the mortuary still details Lindsay. small <laughs> details sorry i like the small details <laughs> yeah, me too <laughs> but i find this really interesting that eliza goes down that route to get in of well you know when you're going to marry ivy you're almost going to be like a stepfather to me I and know. he's just not buying it and I'm just like oh Eliza you're not learning and then of course the next scene she's like okay I'm gonna come clean with you here and I feel like you've learned or she's learned should I say actually if I'm nice to you and I praise your skills and kind of big up to you mm. how good you are and it's you and you're the only person I'm gonna get what I want and I do feel like she's kind of learned that from Nash yeah, when he pushes her to kind of be nice to Phelps, even though she doesn't want to be. It's like, actually, if you're nice, yeah, you might get the right, your right answer. And and he does, and he takes it really well in a way I never thought Mister Potts would take that. <laughs> yeah, when she first starts, I was like, ah, oh, we're gonna go down the manipulative path. You know, don't don't start with, oh, you'll almost be like my father. I'm like, no, Eliza, we've done this. And then, but like you said. You know, she goes, I'm not going to get my way. Mr. Potts is calling me out. He doesn't buy this. You know, how else am I going to succeed? Oh, let's try Nash's way of like buttering them up, praising them, you know, trying to get on their good side. And it works. Mr. Potts kind of like, 
not necessarily smiles, but he gets that like little pleased look on his face he always gets. And mm-hmm. it's really darling. And I love Mr. Potts and I love Simon Letters and the way he plays Mr. Potts. And, you know, he's like, you just have one question and like, he doesn't believe her. And Eliza honestly just has the one question. And so I give her props for that and not pushing, you know, oh, well, I have another question. So I, I appreciate her being honest with the, I just have one question. And like you said, she's learned from Nash and she's learning to do things a different way. It was a really, it was really fun scene with pots in the mortuary. Yeah. Made me laugh. Yeah. But then we kind of flip it back on its head because when she sees Fitzroy outside her home, she obviously already knows that Nash is inside. And when I was watching this for the first time and I didn't know Nash was inside, you could not have told me that she knew Nash was inside. No. Because, you know, she she treats yeah. it, yep, I'll tell you when, um, you know, if I see him and I'll do this, that and the other. And when she goes, she walks in and Nash is inside. I was like, oh, you have just played poor Fitzroy, who is looking knackered, who needs sleep, who's, you know, clearly feeling a little bit like William was. And, you know, I felt really sorry for him when she said, you know, you should go home and rest. I can't rest. I need to make some progress. You're just like, poor Fitzy. And you're just going to walk straight in. And there's Nash in your living room. Yep. She's not even surprised. She's like, yep, I I knew we were there. I got you know. I knew you'd be here. Yep. Okay. So I have a question. One of our friends from Twitter, one of our friends from Twitter had a really good question. Okay. Samantha was mentioning, um, she was curious about if it had been William instead of Fitzroy, do you believe Eliza would have still lied to William about Nash being inside? Mm. See, now, I hope if I was writing this show Mm -hmm. and William was still in the episode, I would have hoped that we could have had a really good symmetry between how she treated him in episode one, where she lies and she manipulates and she ends up saying sorry to him at the end, that perhaps you could have seen her actually go to him and open up and go, I've got a problem. Nash is in trouble. I don't think he did it. I need your help. Can you help me? And I think you could have had some a lovely, or I would hope that you would have a lovely kind of symmetry of him actually being trustworthy to her. And she's not using him and she's not manipulating him and she's actually treating him better. And you could see the growth and the difference between how she treats him in the first and the last episode, if that makes sense. So I would have hoped that Eliza would have told him and she would have kind of got his help. But knowing Eliza, probably not. <laughs> probably not. We all hope. Yeah. That's a hard one to answer. Like, yeah. Because you yeah, can... it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can go you can make cases for, yeah, we hope she learned her lesson that she shouldn't lie to William. But we've seen all these instances where we go, oh, she's learned her lesson. And then the next episode, she hasn't learned her lesson. So I, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard, hard question to answer. I mean, well, I feel like she could have used yeah, his help in, in all of this. The question would have been, would William have complied with it? And that's, and I, yeah. I would have like loved if, if it did in some way work out. Because if you remember in season two, right? Popper's Grave, I think it was uh, episode three. 
So it's sort sort of like a similar situation where she was being, you know, she was being accused, right? And so he he's talking to Fitzroy, and Fitzroy is you see that there's a moment where he's like deciding it's a it's an internal dilemma, and he's like, mm-hmm. so do I not follow protocol? And then my mentor is saying that Eliza is she she's innocent, so it's like he was presented with that problem. So it's like in this case, if it had been William, just curious, I was just thinking. Would William have taken that to heart and, and thought, yeah, would Nash really kill someone? And do I team up with her because I do believe her? You know, I think it just would have been uh, interesting, you know, and I thought yeah. it was an interesting question. So it is. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I think he may have come at it as a in and Eliza may have phrased it in a this is my job on the line. And he knows how important that job is to her. And we know he does, because that's probably part of the reason why he goes to New York, because he knows how important that job is to her. And so I do think he would have tried within the realms of the law to help her. That's a good point, because in the description, if you remember, I think it said something like um, she has to get to him before the police do, because then she'll risk and lose everything, right? So yeah. I think that would have, yeah, it, it actually would have been really in line with what you're saying. She would have presented to William and, and said, my job is on the line. Like this is, you know, this is a huge matter. So yeah, yeah. no, I love how that sort of uh, intersects. It's so. a great question. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Great. Very, very provoking question. Yeah. And like you said, it's, you have to answer first, would William help her? He might believe Eliza, but would he believe Nash didn't do it. He might go, okay, Eliza thinks Nash didn't do it, but did Nash really not do, you know, not do it? Yeah. I mean, I think he's worked with Nash, although we haven't really seen it on screen. I don't think William and Nash have had any scenes other than season three, episode six. So I don't think they don't know each other. So I think he knows Nash enough that he probably would be able to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So if he liked when... Nash enough to help exactly. <laughs> Yeah. the question. Yeah. How well does he like <laughs> Nash? He'd do it for Eliza, baby, begrudgingly. He wouldn't do it for Nash. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but I love that. I, I, I laugh at the fact that Nash, when he is talking to Eliza in the drawing room and is kind of like, I'm asking you to stay out of it. And I'm like, you do realize you're talking to a brick wall there, mate. Exactly. She's never going to listen everybody knows this we're all sitting there going Eliza is not going to go oh of course I'll let it go now you just you do what you do you I'll um you know (laughs) it's not going to happen and and there was a a bit in this scene that it made me kind of question Nash when Eliza walks in he kind of goes your maid let me in can she be trusted and it made me kind of question what is the relationship that Eliza and Nash have because A, if they've been spending all this time together in these months between, obviously, when Nash came back from France to now, I kind of go, surely he should know that her maid is called Ivy. And I don't, I'm surprised that he goes, your maid let me in instead of going, oh, Ivy let me in. And I would have expected him to know how trustworthy and that he doesn't even need to ask, "Is, is Ivy trustworthy? Like, this is, this is practically Eliza's second mother. So Ivy would go to the ends of the earth for for Eliza and we saw that in season two 
so I was really surprised by that because I was kind of like oh so maybe this relationship is very much a working relationship and and Liza hasn't shared as much as we think I was very confused because I kind of got the impression that um Eliza and Nash had started to become really good friends but at the same time I'm like I'm confused I'm not sure how what what this relationship is now that's a good is that me overthinking that's a really good question I love that you brought that up because it sounds very distant when he says it like you're me Mm -hmm. like if 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 anything he would have said Miss Woods or something right like he didn't say that so it does make you question what is their you know friendship I mean what kind of friendship is this and now it sounds like it's really more of just a working relationship um which I'm happy about (laughs) Um, but um no but I think I I love that attention to detail where where you're you're thinking so have we been on this direction of we thought they were close but they're not yeah I guess I'm just I'm just very I'm confused as to what sort because I I think I've always kind of thought oh well you know their relationship their friendship has grown over the course of the episodes that we've seen Nash in and from season two when we met him to now and and I I kind of assumed oh well you're friends and you're you're good friends and things and 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 good friends know people in your the names of people in your life well he's definitely not being invited over for charades (laughs) and Ivy is clearly not feeding him the way she did Moses no so um, Ivy knows Ivy knows she's she's very loyal Mm -hmm. so she knows it's it's only William that she'll be (laughs) so does that mean that Nash doesn't know Ivy helped with the earlier cases I assume so oh yeah he definitely doesn't know he would have been really mad (laughs) he would have thought really like you, you have to go to that extent yeah, he doesn't know a lot of things. And I think, you know, on this this whole train here, you know, he does ask a lot of questions, right? You know, we'll probably touch upon that a little later about, you know, he's talking, but he's asking about the inspector, right, in episode five. I think he he tries to ask, but she just doesn't open up. And I'm just saying, I mean, that could be on the, the same train as what Lindsay was saying, like, she doesn't talk about Ivy. Yeah, I think that's more on Eliza's end she's not giving out the information as opposed to Nash is not asking you know he may have asked he may have said you know like who are your friends you know what kind of like home life do you have do you party on the weekends you know (laughs) I mean clearly Eliza's not inviting him over for dinner exactly I suppose that's a good thing I don't know yeah maybe she's just keeping that line between boss and employee it's good. very telling. Yeah, very telling. Mm. Yeah. So. But yes. And and then, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I Nash is very, it's a very different side to Nash that we see in this scene. Because we've mm. heard him kind of get a bit, you know, angry with Eliza. We've heard him kind of being a bit friendly and trying to get stuff out of him. And I was just, I was quite like, oh, okay, okay. But I love the fact that Eliza doesn't back down. And she's not going to back down. And she's trying to tell him all these things that she's found out. She, because she's Eliza. Yeah, he's very stern about his warning. No, leave this alone. Don't, don't follow this. Concentrate on the business. Don't do this. And she's very Eliza. And then she's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to let it go. She doesn't let anything go. She doesn't let she's relentless. She's relentless. Especially when it involves her business partner, her quote unquote friend. Now that we've talked, we've 
broken down their friendship their her quote-unquote friend you know she's not gonna she's not gonna let it go she wants to vindicate him get this murder charge dropped or whatever so she's not gonna let it go good try nash but it's not gonna work yeah i would say that i appreciate though that um he knows how far he's going to go and this is yeah. this is the interesting thing about him okay at this point he has just he's lost it i mean he is he's really planning this this out okay so he knows how far he's going to go and i do appreciate that we're seeing we're, we are seeing a death to him but we also are seeing him wanting truly wanting her not to be part of this because he knows how far it's going to go and and i and i i just wanted to shed light on that like he is understanding that it's a complicated issue here he you know he does want to look out for her in some way he doesn't want her mixed up in it this is his own this is home problem i mean this is this is a big one yeah yeah and of course eliza doesn't listen and what's again shows some real growth is that she goes to phelps and she goes to fitzroy and she gives them everything she lays it all out to them and for me, again, watching Phelps, I was like, wow, he is, he's actually pretty good. Like, we, I don't think we've ever really seen him tackle a case in, in this way. No. And, you know, he's making comments and he's leading in a way that poor Fitzroy is probably peeing him off royally. But, <laughs> you know, it, it was kind of like, I, I, I literally wrote down going, Phelps is actually a really good detective. You know, mm. he hasn't been given the best of times. and but actually, I think he's he's pretty decent. And I do love how he kind of steps up. And I love that he, Fitzroy, bless him, obviously does try and he yells at him and he's kind of a bit of a, okay, all right, that's how it is, is it? And then he walks off and, and I love that Fitzroy apologises to Eliza and Eliza's probably seen a lot worse. But again, she's just got that really sweet little bit of advice of, don't be William because that's not who you are, be you. Yeah, and that's the best advice yeah. that she can probably give him because he does sort of change. And I think it's nice that you see in the next scene where he kind of backs down and he kind of looks towards Phelps to, to offer some help because he kind of, you see, he's so far out of his depth with those sailors trying to get them to give mm-hmm. him some information. Yeah. But I just loved Phelps. The way he stepped up and the way you got that tiny little bit of information and it's the way Rachel loves to kind of drip feed little bits of information and you're like, my dad was a sailor, probably get away from my mum, but, um, and he just kind of gives you this story and Tim Chippin, who plays him, just does it fantastically and I just sit there and I'm like, wow, this is, this is something else and yeah, I loved that whole monologue that he gets to do about himself and and it it just shows a totally different side to Phelps, I think, which is probably one that we needed to see. Yeah, we learn a lot about Phelps in this season. And like you said, we see a different side of Phelps. Mm-hmm. I think now that William's gone, we see the copper, the skipper that Phelps can be. Mm-hmm. We can see him kind of not necessarily blossom but like become this bigger role you know he's not just like the thug the muscle that can you know punch somebody or you know shove somebody around to get an answer he can be this detective inspector and get the answers and kind of you know maybe 
loudly get the answer, but do what needs to be done in a way that Fitzroy can't, that William could, you know, maybe not as gracefully as William could, but in his own way that Phelps can, that Fitzroy can't. And it's nice to see Phelps being this bigger role. It's nice. Yeah. With the, I think it's the, a real the, contrast to season three mm. where we had episode four that kind of gives you these bits of information. And at the time it was kind of like, I'm not sure I'm that bothered. I don't necessarily feel like I needed to see him opening up a, a boxing gym for kids yeah. on the street. I was, I think I, at the time it was a bit like, okay, I'm not really sure where you're going with this, but this him stepping up as a detective and, and he really clearly wants to do William's job. And I just think that's where he, that's where he's got had his moment to shine. And it's really lovely. Yeah. That season three scene where he opens up the gym means a lot more now than it did in season three, because like you said, like, Oh, I don't really care. It's Phelps. I don't, I don't care about Phelps. Now that we see Phelps, with the one-liners opening up kind of with Fitzroy kind of being like the duo with Fitzy. Mm -hmm, It's it's more meaningful. Yeah. It's just, it hits more than it did in season three. I was like, Oh, okay. You know, Phelps is actually a real person. (laughs) Just this muscle. Somebody shouts at somebody. So, yeah, I don't mind Phelps. Not a fan of Phelps. That's a compliment, apparently. Yeah. And she says, I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> that's, that's big. It is big. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do agree. Uh, Phelps and Fitzy this season and in this episode, they, they are kind of the, the duo that we didn't know. And even when Phelps is kind of snapping at Fitzroy because he clearly wants the job and he clearly feels like you know, Fitzroy is only getting it because of his dad. I still think that there is a good partnership between them. After Fitzroy gets told by Eliza, you don't need to be William. Find your own groove, find your own way to lead. Fitzroy is kind of like, I still want to be your friend, but I also need to be a leader. And Phelps snaps back. You can't be both. both. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it's kind of snappy and like grouchy, but he's also teaching at the same time. Which I think is a good sign of a leader. I mean, maybe not necessarily the grouchy and the snappy, but he's teaching Detroit. You can't, you can't be somebody's boss and be their buddy at the same time. Yeah. Yes, William and you have a different romance. kind of relationship. You have romance, but that is unusual to the extreme. You mm-hmm. can't have that. You know, you can't have a bromance with everybody, Fitzy. You and Phelps aren't going to braid each other's hair after. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they do as well. You and Fitzroy <laughs> they paint each other's toenails after a good case, and they eat. Each- oh my I goodness! It. I knew that's what happened. You knew it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but he's he teaches them even in that kind of like snappish one moment, like before they barge through the door. Mm-hmm. He's a teacher and a leader, and that's what needs to be instead of Fitzroy, who is learning, but he's not quite there. So yeah. I think that's that's the important moment in that case. So 
yeah yeah and then of course eliza again it, it makes me laugh she's a detective she clearly has not investigated her office very well no uh, because she didn't know that there was you know files hidden behind the picture and she clearly didn't know that there was a safe <laughs> in the floorboards underneath the rug um uh, clear like, eliza you needed to you need to do a bit of a better job in that office yeah. um and Clarence, again, I, I love yeah. Clarence. Clarence and I love coming his through with the key, the key info. Like, um, what was in there was X, Y, and Z. And yeah. if, you know, Nash this is this is Nash going to, he's escaping the country. Yeah. Which surprises me, I'm honest. If I'm honest, it surprises me that he he's clearly planned this for a very long time if he's had money and passports stashed. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing about Nash, okay, because he, this guy is a really secretive man. I mean, look, you just pointed out, she didn't know there were files, you know, in a wall and then and whatever that thing is. And then in the floorboard, that there were, he's had this plan. So it makes me wonder, why is he so secretive? Like, like what, he's so mysterious. And it makes me think, does he have a darker past that we don't know about? That he's mm-hmm. so protective of power. He's plotted this for a very long time. If he's kept Aiden and um, Margaret on the books, you mm-hmm. know, this has been this has been a, a a plan in in eight years in the making. Which again, it what surprises me that he he has that level of of vengeance. I suppose. Yeah. What does eight years of the of that vengeance and that 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 you know feeling do to a man? And I think that's what brings him to the edge. He's been waiting for this moment, but I still think that there's a darker past because of so, like, his behavioral pattern is so, like, he's so secretive and he does it so well. But yet he presents himself as a really, like, lighthearted character at times. And I, and I do, I do find that intriguing, but he is very secretive. Yeah. That's why I think it came out of left field for a lot of us because there was no hint other than that, like, one line in season three but even that was like oh just my brother was killed there was no like i have i'm i'm seeking vengeance for his murder you know it was there's no there's no there's none of that darkness to him like you said he's a very light-hearted character he's jovial he dresses like bright colors he's very fashionable there's no sense of i'm hiding this darkness and i want to seek you know, my brother's murderer and I want to see justice for him. There was none of that. So that's why I think it was a shock that, oh, Nash is the murderer, you know, kind of thing. I actually went back. I actually watched um, that scene, you know, in in season three last night. And I was really interested because I wanted to see if it really did line up, you know? And so it did, you know, he mentions um, a man who's good with a knife, a fisherman. So, you know, we're, we're getting to that point where everything sort of um clarifying in terms of this um sean and Driscoll. um but yeah i mean i think that scene in episode three was set up for like for fans or the viewers to think um or even question like is he telling the truth Mm -hmm. and he lies so much so now we're here and we're in episode season four and it turns out that he does he did have a female brother named michael and this is this is his his plot to seek vengeance so you know it's interesting yeah i mean i did wonder in the sense of um what would 
Nash went to Paris. What would have happened if that um, note had have come while he was in Paris? Eliza would have got that note and gone, he's back. And what would have happened if he'd have gone and investigated? Oh, that's oh. true. Yeah. So he's he's had this secret plan, but I'm I'm not sure how well he kind of thought what would happen if he actually kind of caught up with him. And obviously he does. And, and Eliza finds him at the factory. And I love the fact that it does kind of link back where he says, oh, this is a great place to hide. And she said, you said it was a great place to hide. And he was like, yeah, maybe it wasn't because you picked it up very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder, I know we've all, we kind of have, have just been discussing this about Nash and, and things, but there's part of me that goes, if he really felt like he could actually go through it in the moment when Eliza got there, Sean wouldn't be alive. He would have done it. He wouldn't have brought him to the pigment factory and, and he would have been dead strung already. him up. Yeah, he'd be dead already. So there's part of me that thinks he was questioning whether he could go through with it. He's had this idea of vengeance in his head, but never really thought about what would happen if he actually got to that point. And it does make me question, I don't know whether he could have gone through with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if Eliza hadn't got there, would he have actually been able to do it? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know how he would have got himself out of it, though. But it's it's interesting again the length that Eliza will go to for people that she cares about because she steps in front of his gun you know she's not gonna let him kill somebody in cold blood I love the point that she makes that he he would be no better and he is a better man than than this guy and he should think himself a better man than this guy yeah but that tactic doesn't work he goes no 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 and she goes well then do it for me And so she goes back to her manipulative ways like she does with William, like she was trying to do with Mr. Potts in the beginning. You know, she said, do it for me. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for me. I mean, there is a bit of her own self-preservation because I think she knows her dreams of, of Nash and Son and she's on the cusp of success. And that's all gone in a in a blink of an eye if he does something. And and it is interesting. When I first watched it, she calls him her business partner. And I had real issues with the fact that she says, you are the only person who's ever shown any faith in me. And there's a part of me that got really kind of like, seriously, have the writers written this to annoy us? <laughs> Not because of William, uh-huh. but I sit there and I go, hello, Rupert Parker gave you the money to start your business without so much as a blink of the eye. He probably didn't even want the money back because it's never been discussed. He's kind of just gone, yeah, there's the money, there you go. That's a show of faith, whether you accept it or not. He he may have not necessarily taken it as seriously as maybe Nash does, but it's still a show of faith. Moses never once questioned her ability he was always at her side he may not have been you say jump I say how high and he may have had his own life but he would he never wavered in one minute about how good she was as a detective and and Ivy again yeah she may have quite liked Eliza to go settle down and and get married and not follow this path but I still think Ivy to the best of her ability will always support Eliza and and I kind of was like, oh, and then, of course, you always when you think of any quest- conversations that she's had with William and 
you see Williams kind of trying to dig for a little bit of something from her. She's always, well, you're one of the bravest men I know. You're one of the men I respect the most. I wonder why the writers decided to not have, you're one of the few who have supported me. Why is it they've chosen, you're the only one who supported me? We'll be honest. Okay. So this, this scene was really, really interesting. I had to replay this like 15 times. <laughs> so, <laughs> because, um, okay. Well, I do, I do. I know that, yes, he has been there in some ways. He offered her an opportunity. It was a mm-hmm. professional opportunity that meant a lot. Okay. In this moment, when you watch the, her facial expression, right. And you're, and you're looking just at the body language. This is a moment in which someone, Eliza, is really concerned. This is a huge, this is a huge um, issue here that that Nash is about to pull the trigger. So she's essentially using like a de-escalating tactic of, okay, what what do you do when someone is like literally off the edge and they're ready to pull a trigger? What you do is you actually, you have to, you have to communicate in a way where you're trying to ground them to a point where they're they're focused on you and it's sort of a distracting um, situation of, or it's a tactic to distract them of like, you can't pull that trigger. You're going to destroy your life. Focus on me. And so I think she knows that she's a smart lady. Did you get that, that feeling? I definitely felt like she was, she was trying to kind of control the situation as as only Eliza yeah. can in it's in the similar sort of way when you think of season one episode six when Frank is holding those two guns on her and William and she's trying to kind of like give me your attention give me your attention because then at least if you, if I've got your attention then I'm in control of this situation and I definitely kind of felt I wasn't sure whether we were supposed to feel like there's more to their relationship I think that was my kind of like, I can't quite, again, I can't quite grasp what this relationship between Eliza and Nash is supposed to be and what what she's trying to kind of use. Because she's obviously using their friendship and using, you know, their relationship. And, and again, she's calling him her business partner and, and everything. And I think, you know, there is that element of self-preservation where she's handed him her dream. and in the blink of an eye it's all gonna go she's going to end up with nothing as as the title says you know the episode description says you know she's gonna lose it all if he pulls that trigger so there is an element of her self-preservation I've got to stop him by any means possible and then I also think it's really interesting that Nash's next line is kind of you always know the right thing to say and it's annoying and again it kind of showed me it's that flip side of she doesn't always know the right thing to say because we've all sat here and discussed William telling her he loves her and she can't say anything and she doesn't say anything and why doesn't she say anything and why doesn't she stop him and why you know she she just does nothing she says nothing to William to stop him from going to New York or anything and it's for me that again it was another really interesting line that just kind of made me go I wonder what this relationship really is meant to be because actually you don't do you know Eliza as well as you think you do or is she just really good at having her armor on well again like I mentioned I really I I feel like there is some truth in that in in her statement of like you know she she is saying that like he is someone who stood out to her 
in her life. I don't think it's a hundred percent. Um, I don't want to say genuine, but I, I think she, she knows in that moment that she needs to help him come back to reality. Like he is irrational to this point. He is driven by grief. And like, I, you know, there's no good reason to kill someone. There, there's never a justifiable reason, but he's at that point where he probably will. How does she know he's not? So yes, and you're and going on in terms of what you're saying, there's there's different there's different parts of it. Self-preservation, it's trying to de-escalate a situation. And you know, she just doesn't want to see him destroy his life. Yeah. So like that's why I didn't really buy it. I just wanted to say, I mean, like I don't feel like it was a completely genuine comment, but it is something you say to talk someone off the ledge. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good way to put it. And of course, he does end up shooting him, which again, I was again, quite surprised at. I'm still not sure if he hadn't have shot him what Eliza's plan was going to be, because how are you getting this rather large, scary man to Scotland Yard? Not quite sure. Um, but I'm sure she would have thought of something. But of course, our next scene is really interestingly, because I don't think we've ever seen Eliza like this sitting like she seems really that's not our confident Eliza sitting there talking to Fitzroy and talking to Phelps. And again, it's a whole different side of Phelps that we see. Yeah. That he is very calm. He's very quiet. Kind. The fact that you've got, yeah, he's very understanding. And the fact you've got Fitzroy kind of going, we'll vouch for your good character, won't we, Detective Phelps? And he's like, yeah, complete opposite. We've never seen Phelps in that, have that kind of thought towards Eliza. And it's really, it really endeared me to him a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah, I really, I really yeah. like the scene between Phelps, Fitzroy, and Eliza. You have, like you said, you have Eliza kind of very vulnerable, very, I don't want to say dejected, but you can tell she knows how precarious her situation is, how precarious Nash's situation is. Mm -hmm. And so she's, it's very fragile. The whole yeah. thing and they're being very gentle very kind very they're talking very softly to her as you would with any victim you know mm -hmm. because her life was in danger patrick saved her life by shooting o'driscoll you know he didn't kill him but nash is being charged with kidnapping and all these other things because while he did save eliza he was in the wrong to do all those things you know, I did sit there and I found it quite interesting when Fitzroy is going, you know, Driscoll's going to live. And I sit there and I think he's not going to live for very long. I think he probably would have preferred to die because he's probably going straight to the hangman's noose at, at that rate. When they say, oh, yeah, he's a known <laughs> killer and everything. I was kind of in, it's like a double edged sword. And I was like, yeah. oh, you're alive, mate, but you ain't going to be alive for very long. Yeah, but that's a good Wasn't reason. Nash. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the reason? The, the writers could have had him die, but is it because it would have been a, well, Nash would have. Well, Nash would have hung probably yeah. if he killed him, yeah. 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 Even if it was self-defense, because I doubt in Victorian times they had such a thing as self-defense. <laughs> yeah. Would it be considered manslaughter? Yeah, I'm curious about that, the legality know. of that. I'm going to have to research that. <laughs> they, they do bring up self-defense, but I don't know if like... Yeah. O'Driscoll would have died if it would have been self-defense. So I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know. I think the Victorians were very black and white. I don't know at what stage they had deporting to 
Australia or anything. Maybe, maybe he would have gone to Australia. <laughs> maybe uh, he would have gone to Australia. <laughs> I really like. Poor Nash. Yeah, like like Lindsay said, it's a really nice and different side of Phelps. Mm. Phelps yeah. could have been like the shouty, you know, mean, gloating. But you know, he says yes. We will vouch for your character. We will. And I was like, I appreciate mm-hmm. Phelps more again this episode. Yeah. Really I have a question for you, ladies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want to see the trial in season five if we get one? Mm, I'm is, not this that interest, is it interesting enough? Okay, because I was I was wondering. I would say if we, we had more than six episodes, maybe, but since he only gets six, uh, er, you know, I uh, think it just that would be Nash has to come back. I think okay it's mainly whether he back, but I think it's my for me it's kind of Obviously, when they're in the, the, she goes to see him in the prison cell and he's kind of joking, going, oh, you know, I know a few judges and a good lawyer and everything. And I think if there was a point to it, like, oh, look, Nash has got off, you know, and time served or whatever, then then it could be interesting. But I think it, it, it would have to serve a point of a story. Yeah. Yeah. I am very conflicted with Nash at this point. I I was okay with Nash at the beginning of the season and even at the beginning of the episode, but it, it's very selfish of Nash to ruin Eliza's dream at this point, you know, because he knew what a yeah. big deal this was. And if he was planning this all along, you know, he could have planned better to not get caught or <laughs> he was going to get caught to have the business transferred over in Eliza's name. Yes, he, Patrick Nash, would have lost his license, but the biz I don't know Victorian times, but the business could have maybe transferred over to Eliza's name, or it could have somehow continued where Eliza could have kept the business going. He should have been able to plan to at least have that continue. So Eliza's dream didn't have to be killed. And so it's very selfish. It would have been different if it was a very spontaneous murder or like he all of a sudden met Driscoll, oh, sorry, O Driscoll on the street and like they had a tussle, you know, or whatever. But he's been planning. He had somebody, he had Murray following him, you know, so this was all planned. If he had a plan better, for Eliza, if they were such good friends and good business partners, why didn't he plan for this contingency? You know, because he is a good businessman. Why? Because this wasn't about her. This was about him. So if you bring up a really good point, he was blinded by grief. Like that's what's really interesting is that this episode we see him to like reach a, a much different level. Like. He, he, he really reaches the edge. And in that moment, when he gets that letter, he's not thinking about Eliza. Like, he's not thinking about anyone but his dead brother. And so he's really driven to the point. And you're right. He probably could have, he probably could have planned better. But there's really no, you know, good plan to, like, murder someone. But um, <laughs> there are, I mean, but... <laughs> Okay, but okay. So I have to say, I did something I was really surprised about. I did a deep dive on Patrick Nash, 
and okay. I psychoanalyze that man so much. I, I it was really interesting. I think I wanted to understand him a lot more, okay. and this episode did give a lot of clarity, but also not. Um, and so what I got from this was he's not only a he's a secretive man. I think he's probably one of the biggest mysteries of the show. But when we're in, so we're in the jail cell, right? And then he says that line of, you know, I want you to think that I'm a good person. Um, you really have to like pause and look at his facial expression. Like, I felt like this was just a scene that needs to be really looked at and analyzed really, really deeply. This man is a very complicated man, but I think he's always, he's sought out, um, I think, a lot from Eliza that it's it's to the point where I think he he wants to be looked at as a good man, but deep down he's a he, there's a lot of complicated stuff, and, and he's held that grief for a really long time, and so he's just really I think gotten to a point where it's um, he's lost it, and and I think she's in that jail cell thinking she's disappointed about a lot of things, and she's disappointed about how things ended up and about. Her perception of him, I think her original viewpoint of him in season two ended up partially coming true. And I think that's what she's disappointed about. So again, there's just a lot to unpack about Patrick. And and she can probably understand (laughs) it to the point of how she felt with Frank when she found out that he was, you know, finding her father's killer. She obviously didn't wait eight years to find it but she can probably understand his point. She got to find her father's killer and she probably got to see Frank Hang for her father's murder. And she probably knows, and I think, you know, you think of the scene at the end of season one where she's chatting to her father's ghost and kind of going, but it doesn't bring you back. I found your killer. I I did the right thing, but it doesn't bring you back. And so I think in that jail scene, again, there's a bit of, sadness that her dream she handed her dream over to somebody else and she put her dream in his hands and you know that's Eliza trusting somebody else for once and it didn't hasn't really Mm. gone well but also her acknowledging you can't perhaps if he'd have been able to open up about that she probably could have told him it's not worth it doesn't bring him back and so it does bring everything very full circle it's a very I think this is why I quite enjoy this episode in a way because it's a lot deeper than it seems on the surface and I think like with Nash we don't get a lot of information about him we've talked about this right Mm -hmm. we don't um we actually don't know a lot about his personal life other than what he's told Eliza and we don't see him in his daily life like you know going going around London we don't see him in any other lens than when Eliza sees him right you know, we know he goes to Paris, but we've never really seen him in the Paris branch or anything. And I think that that's, that was probably an, the writer's intention to really continue his character as like one of a very mysterious character. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when we don't, the fact that we don't know a lot about him in other aspects of his life, I think it makes us, yes, want to, we're, we're intrigued, of course, but it comes to this this point of, of, this, of the episode of he was driven to that point of potentially killing a man and so you know the idea that he he's got a lot of layers guys got a lot of layers but what i'm thinking okay so when she's in the jail cell okay and she's looking at him and she's got that look of 
I see disappointment. I see sort of like she's sorry and she she feels terrible for him. But does she think about the fact that like this person who was pretty important person in her life, he was her business partner, he gave her an opportunity. He he almost like pulled the trigger. And when you t- Lindsay, when you talk about like she knows what grief is, she knows she's faced a man in ep- in season one. Mm-hmm. She knew Frank killed her father. Like she was in the same room with the man that killed her father. And not only that, but like in season one, William faced like they were in that room, and he knew Frank killed um, the only father figure he's ever had. That it, it separates characters because they did not take that opportunity to kill Frank. I mean, at that moment. But they they weren't driven to that point of grief, but Nash was, you know. So just it's really it's just really complicated. Yeah, you know. And it's and it, it is it's a very it's, I think it's written in a way that it does make you think. So the question is, is he going to come back in season five? That's a very good if question. We have one. I, I feel like the door's sort of been left open in the sense of the jokey. Yeah. Oh, you know, I know good lawyers and good judges and things like that. Um, so I kind of feel like it's possible. I don't think Eliza would trust him. I think it would. I think that trust is is slightly broken in the sense. So yeah, I'm not sure. It would definitely not be the same kind of jokey, jovial relationship that that we've kind of seen in this season. I think Eliza's guard would be very well and truly up. But who knows? Maybe she feels sorry for him because she's, as we say, she's been there. She probably understands why he did what he did. But yeah, I'm not sure you can kind of redeem yourself after this one, Patrick Nash. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, but maybe it's, it's hard, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, and it's 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 weird because it's a quite a sad ending all round. I mean, the 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 upbeatness of it is that when we see Fitzroy talking to his dad and he turns down the opportunity, it's such a growth. And again, we mentioned this earlier about Fitzroy's growth and how far he's come. And it's amazing that it almost is kind of like, I don't need your approval. I'm happy with my life and I'm happy with where I am. And it's a lovely moment. And I'm really glad that we got to see some of these moments and that we wouldn't, I think in other shows, you wouldn't usually get these kind of moments with secondary characters. So it's really nice that they've had this opportunity. Yeah, he tells his dad that Phelps is the right choice. And when his dad goes, but I don't don't accept that. And he goes, well, that's your problem. Mm. (laughs) Like, I'm (laughs) fine with it. And that's an amazing, amazing step of growth for a character Mm -hmm. who is so like heavily dependent on a parent's respect and admiration. And I'm like, yeah, go Fitzy, go. I'm like, look how you've grown, even just in this season, the growth he's had. And congratulations, Phelps. Yeah. yeah. I've got to admit, it hurt a little bit seeing him sitting in uh, William's chair. Yeah. Oh, I know. But, you know what? It's temporary. Temporary. I I want to see not the fallout, but I want to see like William go get out of my chair. Yeah, <laughs> get out of my office. Got all away. <laughs> yeah, the only people I want to see in that chair is William or Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I do appreciate <laughs> Phelps calling Fitzroy back and saying mm-hmm. thank you. Even Phelps, good growth, man. Good growth. 
All right, guys. Our guys are doing good this season. So they are. Yeah. And 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 then of course I'm I'm a bit confused by the ending of the season because obviously we see Eliza kind of in the drawing room drinking by herself and she's remembering William's words about how she's a good detective and she always finds a way to make things work. And I haven't quite figured out what that point was, whether she's encouraged by his words, whether she misses being able to talk to him. I'm not quite sure what what that scene was there for to then prompt the next scene where we see that Eliza is having all her stuff brought up to Henry's old office, her old office, uh, by Clarence and by Barnabas. Um, Barnabas trying not to put his back out uh, and Ivy joking with him which is just hilarious I love the fact that she just gives him a little tickle why did Um, you keep his back in good order yeah yeah you know it's it's lovely to kind of see the Henry's office again and I think what's interesting is as fans when we realize that Eliza was probably going to accept Nash's offer back in season three I think we all hoped that she would somehow end up back here Mm-hmm. and so then when she goes downstairs and she does we see that you know she's looking up at her sign her name on the outside of the building I, I think we're all silently going yes Eliza yes yeah. I don't know why she looks so sad yeah it's a very the only thing I was like you know, we, should, we should be cheering this is a good thing this is good but I don't know why she looks kind of I don't know if she's meant to look sad or just emotional that it's her name up there or mm-hmm. I was just like oh Eliza why do you look so sad we we should be cheering yeah. no yeah it's like a, she smiles but then like it turns a little bit sad like bittersweet yeah I don't know if yeah she's yeah going like well the the business with Nash didn't turn out or like I wish William was here or I wish my dad was here I wish it was like our business there's there's a whole lot that she could be sad about. Obviously, she's like, oh, my name's there. I'm happy about that. But we don't know what comes after yeah. the but. We know there's a big but. Sorry, big but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what what comes after? The, you know, there could be a whole like a, a through Z, honestly, you know, and then like one through 12. Eliza has a ton of issues. And we all understand why she might be sad. So oh, I don't know. There's a ton I call of- it the bittersweet smile because mm-hmm. um, I, I think that in that moment, it really is. It really is a great moment. Like when I saw that, I, I thought, well, I knew we were going to see her name above the door one day. And it is a great moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is. It is great what preceded that so it was you know it was her you know the memory of the conversation with William right so in a way this is her way of making it work right because she always will find a way to work but if we are seeing a bittersweet smile which I I think that's what we're seeing and if it means anything I think it's a little like what Amanda one of the reasons you mentioned was if I think it might be because William may not be there standing with her seeing her name above the door we saw that in season one and we always thought, well, maybe there will be a moment when, you know, they he's able to witness that success. Um, I think partially that's it. Or maybe I think it's because it wasn't, um, it it didn't occur in the way she probably thought, right? 
So we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think her coming to this moment is it was due to external factors, right? Like Nash's license got revoked and she's at a point where she doesn't have a job. And so she is, she's thinking like a survivor and she's like, well, what do I do? And it is great that the option is to go back to her business. I'm really glad that that's the option. Mm -hmm. But is it, would it have been different? I think in her mind, if she had making that choice for Mm -hmm. herself to, you know, she had learned all she needed at Nash and Sons and made that choice for herself to say, you know what, it's time. I think I can do this on my own. It is a little bit of a different direction. So maybe that's what's behind the smile. I like to think that it's because William isn't standing there mm-hmm. supporting her <laughs> and witnessing this, but I bet she'll write to him about it. I hope she, she will sends him, him a photo. I'd love him. I'd love, I'd yeah. love season yeah. five. <laughs> if, if we have a season five and maybe um William is reading a letter of hers with a voiceover in a little his little bedsit or whatever he's got in New York I'd love him to have a little photo of her standing with the sign above her head so that he's kind of got something there like she sent it to him kind of going I'm really proud this is what I've done I've got my name above there like I always wanted to and hopefully he will have written back going yeah I'm really proud of you too that you've done that and things I feel Mm -hmm. like this mirrors William's kind of storyline with Arabella in the sense of I remember when you know Arabella breaks up with William and we all kind of sat there and went oh you know do you think he would have broken up with her at some point do you think you know that would have run its course and did she just get in there first would he have continued to date her would he have eventually married her and had kids and yada 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 and we all kind of came to the, the conclusion that yeah he probably would have got to the square of this probably isn't working out and or he would have let it run its course. And I wonder if it's a similar sort of thing with Eliza that she wasn't, I don't think she was unhappy at Nash and Sons. I think we never got to see how she felt about the success that she was just on the cusp of, to know how happy, how comfortable she was at Nash and Sons. So there's part of me that kind of is that similar sort of thing of, would she have continued to work at Nash and Sons and then made the decision of, no, I've I've run my course. Or would she have just continued to stick it out? Um, I would, I think I would hope that she would have, a bit like William, I hope William would have got to a point where he would go with Arabella, nah, this isn't, this isn't for me. With, with, I want Eliza. And the same thing with Eliza of, no, Nash and Sons is great. I've learned what I needed to, but I prefer to be my own boss. I don't want to have to answer to somebody else. Because I think that's partly why I like this episode, because... Eliza is her own self she's not answering to anyone she's making all her decisions and it feels like she's in control this this episode in a way that she seems to have been floundering in other episodes of this season she lost her way a little bit a bit like I felt William lost his way in season three yeah I really like that parallel because in a way it makes it does make you question Hmm. um and and you know, I would, I think I would love to to think that, you know, if she had stayed, right, let's just say the scenario was she had a couple more months or maybe even, you know, half a year at, at Nashinson's. I, I do. I want to believe that she would have found her way back because I think this was the original storyline. Like she was meant to come back, but what there would have been a purpose. And there was, I, I do think that she has taken some really great, um, a great experience and she's learned some skills and corrective experiences from being at Nash and Sons and she's going to bring it 
to her um, her agency and it's her agency now. You know, it's her name above the door. So another theory I was thinking was maybe if what we're seeing is a bittersweet smile, is it because if she's seen what she thought would have been the ultimate placard of success, right? Her name above the door. But then she's in that moment thinking, so, but this doesn't feel like it answers everything because it doesn't, right? It's it's a wonderful moment, but it doesn't answer everything. Her heart is still questioning. There's, a, there's something missing there. And I, and I think maybe she's thinking about what else matters in life. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty poignant because like the flashback right before you see them moving her in her old office, William says, is anything worth it? Or is any of it, all of it worth it? It kind of brings up that like, well, what is it all for? What do we, what do you want out of life? And so I think it's kind of part of that. But what follows the but? Yeah, she has her name of, above her office, but now she has a success. But who does she share it with? Yeah, she has Ivy, she has Potts, she has Clarence, but she doesn't have William. And so mm-hmm. I think, yeah, part of it is she doesn't have that person to share the success with, which I think has always been a, you know, an idea that she doesn't, she's going to get that success, but she needs that other part of her life she needs that person to share something with I think there might also be a little bit of trepidation because to me I kind of go this is the last ditch attempt if I can't make it with my name above the door I know I can't make it you know it's almost like a I'm just gonna throw everything at it because at least I know I've tried and at least I know I can or can't do it so almost in a if it fails, she's got that fail safe that William comes back in what nine months, let's say. If I in nine months' time the business isn't working and and it's not what she wants it to be, she knows she's tried and then she can kind of make that commitment to William or actually putting her name above the door may be the best thing ever. And she may suddenly get loads of clients because actually there's a whole load of women out there who want a woman on their case, not a man perhaps she's going to help a whole load of women divorcees you know get some dirt on their husbands maybe who knows but at least she knows she's tried and she can go when William comes back she can as he said you know we're exploring our options she's gonna have explored some options here that she can at least come back with something when he comes back yeah I think that's a really good point because earlier in the episode right so uh, Nash and Eliza are talking and um, he's mentioning that he loves to go to the races, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's um, loves to gamble. And Eliza's like, well, I, I really don't like to gamble. Right. So the, I thought it was, it was a, it was just a short line, but like, I thought mm-hmm. there was something to it. Okay. So yeah. I was trying to like pay attention and see like, what, do, what could it mean? Right. Um, a lot of Rachel's lines when she writes them have underlined means. So I thought, well, she, it's funny because she seems like the type of person who probably would be good at gambling. Like she's very, uh, she likes to take risks in her life, right? She knows no rules and she just, you know, she goes about life her own way. But yet she says, well, not really someone who likes to gamble. But when we're com- coming down to this last scene and you're saying, you know, she's probably thinking about what will this mean? Because she, she can't predict. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Scary. It's scary to put your name above the door. 
and she's a woman and at a time when that is just unheard of so this is a gamble this is her taking a risk and saying i'm putting my name on above the door putting it out there and people are going to read about my my agency and um is this going to work or not mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot of like underlying uh, there's an underlying meaning to it and i saw that as she's taking a big risk and i love it i love that mm-hmm. she's taking a big risk because maybe her taking a risk in her well, in her business and career means she can take a risk with her heart <laughs> and she can uh, open up her heart <laughs> That's the plan. That's what That's we want. That's the plan, right? You got to <laughs> ease her into it. Eliza just needs to ease yeah. into it. First the business side and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. she'll be open to love maybe. Open to love. We can but hope. Yeah. I mean, to me, we can we could probably talk about this for, for another hour. Um, I'm not sure anybody else is going to be wanting to be with us for another hour. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we go quickly uh, if that's even possible. What did we what did we love about season four? How do we wrap up season four? Um this was cricket. a big season. Yeah. <laughs> um, you go, Amanda. <laughs> I'm gonna be like the Ivy of the group and throw <laughs> the loving truth bombs. Okay. So, <laughs> well, a lot of the case it, it was a good season, um, overall, but I think the cases could have been better. Mm-hmm. I feel like they focused a lot on the personal point of view, the personal side. They focused a lot on the romance, which I think the fans really love, but we also love the mysteries and the cases. So we need, we're so needy. <laughs> we you just can't please it. We beg for romance and they give us romance. And now we're going to beg for more better cases. (laughs) So we need a better balance, please. So the cases just needed to be better. It felt like the cases were just reworked ones that we've had. It felt like it was a very lazy writing. Sorry. Um, Lindsay, you, I would say economical. I was going to say you use the word economical, which I guess is very, is is better. We didn't feel like we were very interested in like the cases and the people that were involved with the cases. We didn't, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we didn't know the criminals or the answer to the crime. And so it didn't seem like we were invested. And so we didn't really care who did it. Or, like, who was the victim? We were more focused on, like, okay, just solve the crime and get back to the personal storyline. Because I guess that's just what we're focused on in this season. It'd be nicer to have, like, a more balanced approach. I know we're very needy and picky. (laughs) (laughs) We're fans. We're supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I'll guess. Um, Yeah. But I liked this season. I really liked Phelps in this season. He had some great one-liners. So I guess he works better. He worked better with Fitzroy. Season three, you know, I guess they had some teething problems. Phelps was trying to bully him and Fitzroy had to stand up. They had that like dust up in the mm-hmm. um, where Fitzroy knocked him out. And so season four, they kind of were like, okay, 
let's work together nicely. You know, not necessarily like perfectly, but, you know, felt kind of the older, grumpier guy and felt the newer, you know, pleasing. But they really had kind of that buddy-buddy duo that just worked well in the series. And I really enjoyed that part of the season. And I think that really helped with the cases. While we weren't really interested in the actual crime, I think we were interested in what the two of them were doing which helped, I think. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so Phelps had some really genuine moments, especially in episode six, like we talked about, talking with Fitzroy and talking with Eliza in the end, where he was just kind and saying, we're going to stick up for you in court and, you know, it, it'll be okay with Nash. He really kind of, he kind of grew on me. I really, I don't like him per se, but the character, <laughs> the character is better now. I see his place. She doesn't mind him. Right? Yeah, I don't mind him. She, she doesn't mind him, but I that's a compliment. In season three, I was like, all right, we, we can do away with Phelps. But in season four, I'm like, all right, I see why we need him. All right. He can stay. He can stay. Tim, you've got a job for another season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He better get Eliza and William together in season five. Yeah, that, then no, I love he Phelps. needs to bring back <laughs> William. I really liked in the end of episode six, we can see or we can hear or see that William and Eliza are, or are corresponding regularly. She's getting she's getting letters and saying, yeah, William's writing and da da da. I want to shout out for the MVPs of the season. Ivy telling it like it is. She knows the truth that need to be told um she's telling the people when and doesn't matter if they're going to get annoyed or if their feelings are going to be hurt she knows what they need to hear exactly when they need to hear it and i also need to do my other mvp clarence my my mvp of the business side um he brought much needed relief when Eliza was in the office. He had these one-liners and he just brought, I think, a stress reliever to Eliza. I think he's kind of a different type of a Moses character, that kind of partnership that, that Moses brought to Eliza, where she could count on Moses. She can count on Clarence, not like for a physical, like go to a seedy business area and make, get this information. But she can go to Clarence and say, go to the hotel and check on this room and see who books this room and pays for it. And so she can count on Clarence like she could on Moses. And so I think Clarence is a, was a much needed character in this season, especially since we didn't have Moses. And so it was very nice to have Clarence. So I really appreciated Ivy and Clarence for the roles they played, and they were great in this season. I appreciated those in season four. The big issue I had in season four was the absence of William and Stuart, William slash Stuart, I guess you'd say, for two episodes. I get why you took them out of the storyline. But you can't have half of the title character out of your episodes. I'm sorry, Rachel and Ben and PBS Masterpiece, but the fans don't like it. 
even if it forward momentums your storyline, it's unacceptable. Um, so I hope you fix that for next season because we need Stuart in the majority of the episodes because he was in, he was only in three. You can't count episode three. That was, that, that didn't count. So yeah, overall, I enjoyed it, but a big, but there you go. Anybody else? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I, I agree with all the points. Um, I paused in the beginning, Lindsay, because there is just an entire list that I have, and I didn't even know where to start about what I love <laughs> Yeah, This is a big season. I, I I can't even like I don't even know how to say that. This is a big mm -hmm. I'm still processing this. Like I'm yes. still emotionally processing yes. this season. I agree. I mean, I watched this season. Um well, I didn't binge it. I mean, I, I watched it like over the course of five days. <laughs> I did say it was gonna take two weeks, but I you know I couldn't I can't do two weeks. That's um, and... <laughs> in some ways, yeah, it is. Okay, so I, even in that moment, like when I finished the season, I was just I was, I was going to say, I, I think I would need months to process this season. This was just such a big season. Mm -hmm. I loved that this was a season of love. <laughs> I love that this was a season that they showcased um, William's bravery and encouraged to open up his own heart as well. Um, I think he, you know, we have theories that, you know, he's always sort of known that he's loved Eliza, but I think being able to admit it to himself, I think... Um, Stuart talked about that in one of the podcast episodes that it came to a point where he was admitting to himself that this is it, that he loves her and she is his future. So I I really love the big moments. Um, the I mean, who doesn't love him writing the letters mm -hmm. and writing, you know, just simple and plain, like, I love you. I think these are moments that the fans are going to keep and remember. And this is what allows us to go an entire year. It's, it's a it's a long and hard year, but it's moments that we keep precious and and it does remind us like that these two are endgame and they will end up with each other. That's I, I already know. And it, it reminds us about the what's so strong about the relationship. So this season focused on Eliza and William. Um, I, I felt that that was a, a huge theme of it. It was finally looking at, well, how could, I mean, what are still the issues? But it, I think it addressed um, both of them in some ways, facing um, the reality that they both love each other, but Eliza still has a way to go to be able to voice that and to be able to, I think, admit it to herself. Um, but I think it was the center focus of the season, which was that, we finally get to talk about Eliza and William being in love. They're, you know, they are in love with each other, um, but it was vocal and it was, it was, you know, you talk about the MVPs of the season. We have to thank Ivy for basically navigating their entire relationship this season <laughs> and those moments of it being uh, communicated outward. I think that was, that was a huge part of the season. So I really appreciated that, you know, in terms of the season, the characters being faced with those conversations. I loved the sweet moments between Eliza and William, even in the beginning of the season, the fireside chats, 
and I think what those what the lines meant for the characters like William's line of is it all worth it and I think how it comes back it plays in the end of, of the season I love those um those lines that are, are really I, I think they mean a lot and I think there's underlying meanings to it um I loved Eliza's struggle in some ways I mean I think if she went into this uh, whole experience of nationalism thinking it was going to be the answer to everything, I think she found out, no, it wasn't. Um, there is some positive to that, to the struggle. And I would love to see how that gets played out um, with her own agency. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just a whole list of things that I loved about this season. I think it was a very brave season. And I think in season two and three, we sort of brushed the um the theme of, of Eliza and William being a you know potential couple in some ways to the side. It was a lot of barriers and obstacles. And I know that there is still a huge obstacle in this season. But I think that it was the progression that I have wanted to see. I've been waiting to see. And I felt very um at the end of it, I felt very fed with a lot of beautiful moments. And um, the heartbreak of season three, I can tell you, I, I overcame that heartbreak. <laughs> but there's still there's still a heartbreak in the end of, of William leaving. So I agree with you, Amanda, that he needs to be in every episode of season five. Um, it's just a non-negotiable. So I uh, I can't I can't think of any any version of season five other than that. So, yeah. Totally. I mean, I think I I echo both your thoughts I think it's a good season I think there are times where I felt like the cases could have been a bit not better but I think how we as the viewer connects to the person who's done it I think a lot of the time I didn't always feel it took a couple a rewatch or two to be able to connect with why the person who did it did it because we didn't really see them that much whereas previous seasons I feel like we've really connected with them um but I love I do love the moments that we got I think Stuart called it way back when when he kind of said there are some lovely moments in season four and there are some really lovely moments I mean I never thought we would get a whole origins episode that I think everybody loves I don't think I've I found anybody who goes oh no that origin story was rubbish I think everybody has has adored that origin story in, in a way that I don't think we ever thought we would probably get a whole episode like that um I like the fact that we got a few surprises like I think we all discussed William getting hurt being a catalyst for Eliza I don't think any of us ever thought it would be a catalyst for William to kind of go I need to spend some time and and how that would affect him and le the thought of him leaving Scotland Yard like it never even occurred to I think any of us that that would kind of be the thing that would spur him on and like you say the fact that we got those lovely moments of him actually saying I love you and telling her and and the way that he tells her is so simple I think season three at the end of season three I, I was very much in the mindset of do you know what nothing is going to happen between these two till the last five minutes of the last ever episode if we're lucky and so the fact that we got these lovely moments in 
season four was kind of like oh my god like I never expected this to happen so I think it's nice that they've they've managed to surprise us with a few bits um you know and and in in terms of of William I totally get it like I get why they it I don't know why they've written him out whether it was a creative decision whether it's scheduling or what you know it does there is there there does feel like there's something missing when William isn't in the episode and that's not to take away from any of the other actors because Kate I think she holds it together on all by herself in these episodes so phenomenally like I cannot even imagine how hard that she must have to work in those episodes where she's holding it together without kind of her you know the counterpart of of the title character and it has allowed other characters to shine you know the fact that William isn't there in the last episode I genuinely thought I was going to hate it and how do you have a season finale without you know your lead character your second lead character but actually the way that Fitzroy and Phelps really come into their own and you see what it's like without him again I feel like they handled it better in this season than they did in season three where it was kind of brushed under the rug that William wasn't around and we were all kind of going hang on a minute what about William Eliza doesn't seem to care that William isn't around we know that she does care so I do agree I think season five we kind of need to pull it back a little bit make it a little bit simpler um and and yeah it's I I, I I'm really excited about what we got and I am excited about season five in a slightly different way I think when season three ended we knew Eliza was probably going to be working at National Sons and we kind of had all these dreams of oh there's going to be bigger and better cases for her and I don't really know what her going to her own agency with her name above the door what that's going to look like in season five so I'm kind of curious in I don't know where that's going to go and I'm also kind of curious of what what's going to happen when William gets back and is he going to go back to Scotland Yard or or are we going to find him looking for something else I know there's a lot of or maybe they could have an agency together I'm not sure how that can work just yet I think they've got a little way to go before that can be a possibility but who knows what do you guys think what what would you guys like to see in season five I just want my Clarence and my Fitzy back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um Ivy I I Barnabas I really like how Ivy and Barnabas are in season four. They're really solid. Yeah. Um, I would have liked more of an update on where their wedding is, but I'm I guess I'm okay with it. Maybe season five will have, I don't know, like a wedding or like more of a where they are. I know they're doing a long engagement, but like more of a have their relationship progressed. But they're really solid, more Ivy, just more Ivy in general. Maybe if you're not going to have William in any episode, make it Miss Scarlet and Ivy. <laughs> um, I hope, since we don't know exactly where 
Eliza and William's relationship is ending in season four because of the letters. We don't have what the letters are including. In season five, I hope we understand where the relationship is. I know we're not going to get a grand declaration of love from Eliza like we did with William, but I hope we get a sense of some sort of warmth feeling, not just this distant, you're going to be in friend zone while I use you for my business. I hope Eliza moves at least forward in that. And so I hope we, while season four was William coming to the realization and saying his feelings, I hope season five will be that same arc for Eliza. I hope she doesn't get shot, but I hope it's some sort sort of something that makes her come to this realization. You know, maybe it is William being gone and that's the catalyst for her to state her feelings when he comes back saying, William, I realize how much you mean to me. You know, not this grand declaration. He's walking off the boat and throwing herself into his arms and saying, oh, I love you, William. Because that's I don't not think Eliza. that's going to happen with Eliza, is it? No, She's not that kind of a character. <laughs> but something of this time apart, I've done some thinking and you're right kind of thing. Or like, you're not wrong, maybe. Um, I hope I hope she has done some thinking. When we yeah. see them in season five, I do hope that she has actually tried to do some thinking. Because I was a little bit nervous when episode five aired and there was a oh, I'll, I'll I'll think about it when he gets back. We'll talk about it when he gets back. And you're like, no, 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 no. You need very... to be thinking about this while you're while he's away as well. You can't just wait till he gets back to then start thinking about things. So I'm it hoping. It's very Scarlett O'Hara, I'll think about it tomorrow. And that's not that doesn't work. So mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, she has thought about it and is going to at least talk to him when he comes back. I hope there's a frank conversation about their feelings and the relationship at some point in season five. There doesn't have to be big declaration. I hope there's at least a conversation. I hope they come to an understanding. Mm-hmm. Well, there will be. There will be. I think this season was a reminder about what this show is about. And the heart of the show is Eliza and William. And we're seeing the storyline, I know, from the lens of Eliza, but ultimately the heart of the show and what we we all love about the show is it's about Eliza and William. So I think when we saw the progression we saw in this season, there's no way that like the next season can't address even bigger, bigger topics about their potential relationship. There's no way that we can just not talk about it. It's going to be um, a focus in some ways. But I think um, I, I'm very optimistic about the future, to be honest. Um, I think that season, you know, we get season five. I think that it's going to be two things. I think it's going to be the two directions of one, it's Eliza gaining the confidence of having lost, you know, what what did occur in season four and, and the, the real shock of, of what happened with Nash. I think she's going to have sort of like a rebirth and sort of like this um, renewal of confidence. And I, look, I would love to see her really, really succeed. I mean, we talked about how maybe her name above the door might mean something, right? She might actually find, um, you know, uh, there might be a population out there that might actually really, really want to um, 
connect with her about cases and everything because of her being a woman. I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, and there will still be struggle, I get that. But I think that this could be half of her uh, really renewing her confidence, growing as a detective, growing as a, as a businesswoman too, in, in, in a different way than she did in season one and two and three. Um, and I think the other half is going to be her heart. I think it's going to be her facing some reality about, you know, William's absence. And um, I have a feeling that season five would probably open with a time jump. And the, the question is, I'm just wondering if the first episode would show William still in New York or would it be his homecoming? I think I would rather prefer him, home, you know, coming home. And so we're, we have that potential of six episodes, you know, with him, that's how it should be. But um, I do wonder about that, how it would start. Um, but I do think it's going to be those two sort of directions for the the season, because um, the emphasis of, of love and the relationship in season four is making me really optimistic for the future. Now, there's two versions, because there's things I want to see. <laughs> things like, like, you know, realistic, right? Let's just be realistic. The, that's like, a whole different... What I would, podcast episode (laughs) all right i would love to see her go to new york but i don't know if that's going to happen so yeah i guess we'll we'll have to wait and see but um i think realistically it would be definitely those two sort of um journeys for her like her business and and her heart so I, i feel quite hopeful for season five because i feel like the cat's out of the bag now you can't put it back in like william can't take back how he feels and Eliza is going to have to face that at some point. Like she can't ignore it anymore. She can't pretend it doesn't exist. So I do feel quite hopeful that season five is something, as William said, something's got to change. And I feel like season five might be the season that something does change. Um, What and how, who knows? I think that's, um, that's into the hands of the writers. But I'm very hopeful. And hopefully we'll, we'll have a season five announcement relatively soon yeah well whatever he's so excited (laughs) (laughs) we'll get along here ahead of us first (laughs) well whatever happens in season five it's gonna be interesting because we love our characters it's gonna be good yeah and we will be here we will be here we ain't got anywhere else to be (laughs) I i have to say though the fact that we got a kiss in this season that was not only one of the biggest two. moments, but I oh, we got two. Yeah, we got two. Funny. We got two. Okay, <laughs> we got two kisses. Um, I mean, that's gotta mean something for me. Like, I mean, that was probably the only thing I was hoping for for season four, and I was very happy that my one wish came true. Um, and I just feel like that's giving me a lot of hope for the future. This was a season of love and the kiss. Mm-hmm. And um, season five could be, well, could be a proposal. No, I'm gonna go <laughs> the season of rebirth. So, yeah, let's hope. All right, well, ladies, this has been a great chat. It's been a long chat, but a great. <laughs> you still with us? Yeah, I'm not falling asleep. Oh, thanks for hanging in. If you haven't joined us on any of our social media, please do. It's wonderful chatting with everybody on the group. Uh, Facebook is Scarlet Tears Podcast. On Instagram is Scarlet Tears underscore podcast. Our website is Scarlet Tears Podcast dot wordpress dot com. 
so you can find us places and give us a shout out chat with us everybody's got amazing insight things to talk about i think our season four episode four thread is over a thousand and one hundred comments and it's still going <laughs> please join it and you know spend days scrolling through everybody's comments it's it's quite it's a very insightful it's very, very fun very fun um there's still more to talk about too mm -hmm. it's gonna, gonna grow to be an enormous enormous thing Francesca, thank you for joining us and chatting about episode six and the season as a whole. Oh, thank you so I much. So much fun. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yay. Um, thank you everybody for joining in. Join us next time for a fun new episode. Bye-bye. Thank you everybody for listening to the Scarlet Tears podcast. Music by Kevin McLeod, Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0, license HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash.